What up, what up, IBO gang? It's your boy, Andrew Stewart's joined as always by my co-host, Chris Lazar. Chris, once again, doing a distance pod. We're trying a Zoom this time. And we're gonna see how that we're gonna see how that plays out. But first and foremost, how you doing? Uh, better than I was doing yesterday morning. Um, I went to went to the Jason Aldean concert Thursday night, and uh, yeah, beers beers were drank. And uh, but yeah, took yesterday as a, as a little uh, little recovery day, and uh, ready to go today. Jason Aldean was he doing an outdoor concert at the Budweiser stage? He was doing an outdoor concert. Amazing venue, by the way. Just a great venue. Great summer venue. Awful winter venue. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was it was it was decent though. It started raining like halfway through, but I think we avoided most of it. So. What is your what is your favorite Jason Aldean song? Oh, that's a tough one. Um I'd probably go with my kind of party. That's that's kind of a it's a it's a popular answer, but And now is Jason Aldean is Jason Aldean this one who's been like the subject of controversy because he released a song about small towns and yeah, I try that in a small town. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His, uh, How did that song go over last night? It was fine. I'm um, sure it was because nobody yeah. from down there is from a small town. Everybody's from Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, and not just that, but we're also not American, so it's not really. It's a very strange. Yeah, it was very strange that this song had like such an uproar in Canada. Like everyone was so upset. Like he's not Jason sad. Aldean. He he's been around like a lot of like weird situations. Hey, eh? like he was he was the singer in the um when uh the vegas uh shooting happened right like he was on stage i didn't that know happened. that wow. yeah he was on stage when that happened and then you got this and then there, i think there's been a couple of other like controversial things happen about him so uh yeah no uh no stranger to that to that kind of spotlight but yeah the concert was the concert was great well how's this for a segue two things that we can talk about that were both great but also the subject of controversy and a little strange we're going to jump right into things because this is the round two roundup and we just have way too much to cover and not enough time to lollygag today. Write that one down. Lollygag. Something that was both exciting and strange. Kitchener Barry, a sweep. What happened to the formula? Barry just came in and said, nah, you don't have a formula. We're way better than you and we're going to prove it. Um, ah. What could we say? What could we say that doesn't um we can't say average anymore? This is no longer this is no longer something that we can talk about. I don't think we've called them average in a long time though. Like it held against me that I said it once in like June. Well, it always comes up. It's alluded to. Um, I think it's just it, they just they they're everything short of getting t-shirts that said it this season. I don't understand where the marketing came in. They probably didn't want to have to pay us any royalties. But uh, what? Wh- <laughs> let's just let let let's just let's just jump into this series. What the heck happened to to Kitchener? It's a good question. Um, I was trying to figure that out too. I mean, what it comes down to is that baseball is a weird sport, and there is a lot of randomness involved, and a lot of times you will get results like this where over a small sample size teams that have been very, very close all year don't look very close over the course of three games. And even, even with that said, that's also not really giving Kitchener as much credit as they deserve because they were in every game. Like, it's not like 
it's not like Barry came in and blew them out in three straight games. Like game one was a one run game where the final out was recorded at the wall with the right fielders back against the wall. If the wind's blowing even any other direction besides in Kitchener probably wins game one. Um, you look at game two, Kitchener was up four to two going into the bottom of the eighth, I believe. And then Barry put up a five spot in that inning. So that game was also tight. And then game five or game three was, I think eight to four was the final score. So sure was. again, a four, a four run game in the IBL is not, is not super, is not a big deficit to overcome, especially at, at a park like Jack Couch. And Kitchener had their chances. They had the bases loaded a couple times in that game and weren't able to capitalize and things like that. So it was, um, it was, a, it, it was a close sweep. If that makes sense. Um, Barry has had Kitchener's number historically uh, over the course of all those, um, all those runs during dynasty years, Kitchener, a lot of, I think in three of those three or four of those occasions was the counterpart to the uh, Barry Baycats. And obviously Barry came out on top in all of those matchups. So yeah, I just, I don't know. I think it is just one of those things where Barry was had, had more timely hitting. They were more opportunistic over the course of three games and, they were rewarded with a win. Um, the interesting thing is, too, like, Garces was, he was meh uh, in game one. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't Frank, he wasn't the 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 buzzsaw that we saw all year. Um, and Barry still found a way to win that game. Five to four. I'm just pulling up his box score here to tell you what his line was. Yeah, he went, he went eight innings, which, yeah, obviously that's really good. But he went eight innings, he gave up four earned. Um, it's not like he was unhittable that day. Uh, Kitchener obviously got to him a decent amount. Um, but yeah, again, Barry was just slightly better over the course of each of the three games. They, they, they found a way to win. And, um, yeah, I mean, you see some of that, a lot of those guys that have been there, uh, for some of those championships, Ryan Rio, um, Brandon Hillier got a save in game one. He was there for, for a few of those titles. Um, just coming through when the team needed them to the most. So, yeah, uh, a, a well-deserved series win. But, again, I don't think it was – we, we got to give Kitchener a little bit more credit. I don't think they necessarily got ran out of the building in any particular game. No, I mean, like you said, every game was close. And every game was entertaining, which is why – that segue from earlier when we talked about something that was both entertaining and just a little strange. Um, safe to say Kitchener just got baseballed and I mean, Barry just buried, you know, it's it just, and, and not talking B U R I'm talking just their name. Like they just did their thing. Um, Ryan Rio is just tearing it up as, as we expected, I guess. Um, we talked about, I think I alluded to, at another in another episode where he didn't have to put the team on his back, uh, but he is. And from a you know long term going forward into this finals, it certainly seems like he's just deciding. You know what? The time is now. We're going to win this thing, and let's put it to bed. Um, for our brackets for this series, um, I think for our brackets actually for this entire second round, um, they stunk. Mine more than yours. Yeah, they were not good. Um, yeah, mine uh, mine was not 
Yeah, I'm looking at yours right now, and you did have uh, Kitchener winning this series uh, three games to one. And in fact, they couldn't even muster up one. So um, in, in, in my bracket, um, I did have uh, Kitchener also coming out of this series. In fact, had Kitchener going all the way, um, which was a little bit of a strange pick, um, but I stuck by it the whole way, and um, I'm putting my foot in my mouth. I should have known that the second we decided that they would be my champions, that it would blow up in my face. There's not a whole lot you can do there, and uh, we just we just move on. And and you gave him the kiss of death. I 100 percent did, which means I'm I'm a little afraid to potentially pick a winner in this finals. Um, but um, how's how's this for an how's this for an in episode tease? Um, teasing my kiss of death right now. Um, if you make it to the end of this pod and you hear who I have to choose to win this whole thing, you might um, you might want to bet the other team because I just have a streak of streak of doing this with every hockey jersey I buy, every baseball jersey I buy, every team I pick to win something. The only time it worked out was when I picked Paul Goldschmidt to win NL MVP, won myself 500 bucks. There you go. So um, there was another series that went down and this series was also entertaining. Uh, it went the distance. And if we're talking brackets, just while it's on my mind, this one panned out exactly how I thought. And I'm not trying to take any credit for being a genius about this one, but that fifth game looked a little scary. Um, it looked like Toronto might be coming away with a series win and heading their way to a championship and maybe making that run like you were talking about, how they wanted to maybe end the Cinderella story uh, with the championship. But um, the Jackfish, man, showing what they've done every year, which is score runs and win games uh, however they can. And once again, we saw them come out and it looked like the bats were going to be a little quiet. Didn't look great. And then it was, oh, they're back in it. And then Toronto took the lead. Oh, they're back in it. And it's pretty back and forth. And then it was Wellens to win. And that was the end. Um, what were your initial takes from this series? And and RIP your bracket. And I'm sorry that it didn't work out uh, from that standpoint. But, hey, at least now, um, at least now you get to see Jackfish. I know you've got a lot of homies on the Jackfish. And um, how, how are the vibes? Listen, you win some, you lose some, okay? And uh, let's just say that I think I'm a better baseball player than I am a uh, a predictor. So, um, yeah, that was a that was a, that was a tough take. But um, no, my, you know what's interesting is like watching this series. I got so much deja vu from a year ago when I was on uh, Welland and we lost to Toronto in the semifinals. There were so many things that happened in this series that were so similar to the way that they went last year that I was convinced that Toronto was going to win this game, especially win game five. Um, Quick history lesson for those of you who don't uh, remember what happened in last year's semifinal. We were the higher seed again. Um, We were the higher seed again. And... Game one, we got Hartford on the mound. And we're up nine to two. 
in like the fifth inning. And it's like that weird time of day where it's not dark, but it's not bright. It's twilight. Um, and the thing about twilight is that when a ball goes up into the twilight, you can't really see it. You don't really know where it is. And that happened to us twice in the same inning where Gio Morello, um, who was the unfortunate scapegoat last year, I suppose, um, not not through any fault of his own. It's not his fault. He couldn't see the ball. Um, but that's twice in the same inning where the ball fell five feet away from him. Um, then you fast forward to game four, where the series ultimately ended, and Angel Castro was pitching at home, import starter for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he shut uh, he absolutely shut us down for seven innings. I can't even remember how many strikeouts he had. I think he had like 12 strikeouts. And after every inning, he'd finish the inning with a strikeout and he would start screaming on the mound and throwing his hands in the air and getting all excited like a lot of those Dominican pitchers do. And we just had no answer. Fast forward to this year, you go to game one. What happens? Hartford's on the mound. Jackfish lose in extra innings. Now, Toronto was, or Welland was able to change the script a little bit by winning game two and game three. But then you go to, well, even game three, though, you look at game three last year, we blew them out at home, Crente through a gym, and we blew them out at home in game three before going back to the pits. Game four at the pits, Will Hennis Alvarado. Pitch is probably the best game of the playoffs that any, any pitcher has had so far this year. 140 pitch complete game, struck out nine, season high. Um, and he was doing the same thing. He was getting animated after every inning, throwing his hands in the air. Um, the Bushmen were loud. It was, it was a really good crowd. Um, and it was, it was very much deja vu from last year's game four. the difference is Welland was going to have a chance to come back and finish the, finish the script, uh, in game five. Whereas last year we were eliminated after game four. Now in game five, Tyler Dupuis loses a ball in the twilight early on. And when that happened, I was like, uh-oh, um, this feels awfully, awfully, awfully similar to a year ago. Losing balls in the twilight, Harford on the mound in an elimination game. Again, last year, Harford probably had his worst start of the entire season in game five, in game four at the pits. This year, had probably the worst start of his entire season in game five. Just so many things were happening where it felt like it was the same thing all over again. And from talking to some of the guys in Welland, they, a lot of them felt the same way. Like they, they were sitting there like, come on, really? This is, this is happening again. Like it was like, it was deja vu. And then to their credit, they were able to turn it around and flip the script and change the story. Um, Whereas last year, obviously, we weren't able to do so. Now, I spoke about Gio Morello earlier and how he was kind of the scapegoat there. Morello, I'm, I'm, first of all, of anyone on that team, I'm probably the most happy for him. Uh, he had a really, really tough go in the, in the regular season. He only had 255, um, only had seven extra base hits the entire year, didn't have a great season, ended up in the nine hole. He's, he's essentially, if you ask anyone on that team, he's the captain of that team and he was relegated to hitting in the nine spot all year this postseason he's been outstanding and 
in game five, he was rewarded by moving up to the two hole. And after hitting 200 last year and coming up kind of short, he hits 455 in this postseason. He's near the top of the league in, in batting average. Seven walks to go along with that 455 batting average. He's getting on base at a 586 clip. Um, so he's getting on base more often than he's getting out at this point. And again, your leaders at this time of year have to be your leaders. And Morello was a leader in this series. And without him, they're not in the finals. Um, the other interesting thing, too, is Ethan Hunt, the guy that he replaced in the two hole, was moved down to the nine hole. And he had the big hit. He hit the two run double off of Procopio to give well in the lead and they never looked back. And then, yeah, Davey Mendez in, in, at the end of that game was absolutely electric. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he hit 100 on the radar gun. He was throwing absolute fuzz. And it was good night for, for Toronto at that point. So it was just – it was really interesting how it was so similar to last year, but the result was different. Um, and credit to them because a lot of times Welland will – like when, at least in my experience there is – things get tight when 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 things get tight when things get tight and um a lot of times even this year they haven't responded super well to that but again when things matter the most and when the game was at its most important and they needed to come up big they found a way to do it and that's what championship teams do and that's what really good teams do and that's why they're in the finals this year um again learning from last year's failures to come out on top this year um i guess we'll get into we'll get into toronto here in a little bit but uh just from the well perspective yeah really happy for for morello really happy for those guys a lot of those guys like you said they're they're my buddies you know uh chris boato casey howard i talk to those guys all the time um morello obviously from last year like a lot of like all these guys they're playing in their first finals it's their first finals they've ever been in it's their first chance to really win a ring um, so really happy for them and, and excited to see how this plays out over the next week. This is the first time the Jack Fisher in the finals, right? Correct. Yeah. Even going back to the Burlington days, they never made it to a, to a finals. And so how good does it feel to flip a script like that? Well, I wouldn't know cause I haven't done it, but, um, I'm assuming it feels pretty good. Um, it's again, right? Like guys, play in this league because they want to win championships and, and and like it's one of those leagues where it's a professional level of competition but you're not in it for yourself right like you're in it to to try to win and those guys have been doing it for so long they finally get their chance to to, to win a title um yeah it's a it's a, it's a big deal um especially for those guys to to be able to get to this point so yeah, like again, I can't speak from personal experience on that, but um yeah, it should be it it should be a it it, it is a really fascinating finals um between Barry and Welland, probably the two biggest rivals in the league right now. Uh obviously we had some fireworks earlier in the year, which we'll get into in our series preview. Um but yeah, I do I will say from the other side of things, I do feel for the guys in Toronto. Uh those guys have been doing it just as long, if not longer, than the guys in Welland and they, again, they just haven't gotten over that hump. Um, and so I hope they come, I hope they all come back, but there's a lot of question marks with, uh, with Toronto's future in general. Well, yeah, you talk about how 
they just kind of weren't able to get it done and weren't able to get over that hump. And it's unfortunate because we watched Toronto, I guess, like you said, you said it in a really early episode, they were going to take it to that next level and step it up in the playoffs. And it looked like they, they were, um, Will Hennis Alvarado is incredible. That guy's a stud. Um, and it, I don't, it's tough. You're right. It's tough. And you're almost at a loss. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss with it because it's like, they, they really were right there. They were so close and you didn't even watch it fall apart. It just, it just kind of sucks, you know? Um, what did you make of Toronto? Not just, I guess, in in Game Five, but how about this? What would you give them a rating this entire playoffs? I mean, it's tough to do that, right? Like, I guess if you if you don't win a championship, it's it's never it's never a good finish, um, right? So they can't finish with anything above a a B plus, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They did take the the best team in the league to the literally to the brink Um, it's true it's true so yeah i mean i don't think they have anything to hold their heads at it's just um it's unfortunate uh, well yeah and what it comes down to is it's the same like the reason behind it is the same reason as every year with toronto and it's that they just didn't have enough arms um you look at the difference in game five welland was able to pivot off of hartford quickly because they had bradwell and then after Bradwell, they had Mendez. Toronto had Richardson after Procopio, and they didn't have anything else. And Procopio was scuffling throughout his entire outing. He walked six guys over the four innings. And the the tough part about that is that they had to stay with him because they didn't really have another good option in the bullpen before Richardson. And Richardson's a reliever. He's a closer, right? Like, you can't... You can't he, he threw three and a third innings. It's already asking a lot of him. You can't ask him to go six. Um, The injury to Sam Green compounds things even more because that was probably their bridge guy. Um, And so, yeah, they had to stay with Procopio a little bit longer than they probably wanted to. And unfortunately they stayed with Procopio one batter too long. Um, Ethan Hunt's double being the, the final blow. And again, Toronto just wasn't able to score to score after that um you Brad think procopio sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there no, go ahead. i apologize that's a bad don't host apologize. that's a bad host to me i i don't i don't often cut you off you can take notes you can give me receipts i don't often cut you off um no sometimes you wanted... actually you need to though you need to start cutting me off because i talk for too long i was just gonna say um just to relate it to something that i just saw online this morning um you're thinking procopio is kind of hitting them with the george kirby I wish I wasn't out there for so long. Um, For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, George Kirby of the Seattle Mariners came out and said basically directly um, to his staff, like I probably shouldn't have been out there for the seventh where he gave up a pretty decisive home run. Um, Effectively, they lost the game, I I believe. Um, You think he's just hitting him with one of those? Like I probably shouldn't have been out there for so long, but their hands were kind of tied given the green injury and just I think probably given a, pretty taxed bullpen even even by the end of you know even even going into game five 
Yeah, probably. I mean, I think it's it's natural to feel that way, um, especially when you just don't have your good stuff. And I, I said it coming into the playoffs, right? I said Dan Procopio was going to be the X factor for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and if he throws well, they're gonna they're gonna have a real shot. Um, and he threw really well in game two. Game two he was outstanding. He gave up one earned over seven innings. Unfortunately, he's coming back on short rest. Um, again, just because Toronto doesn't have many options that's kind of what they needed to do and yeah they like Percopio absolutely got got left out there too long I don't think there's any question about that um but yeah it was one of those situations where it's tough right like what do you do um do you go to Richardson in that like I I'll, I'll be honest I think hindsight's 2020 but I said this while it was happening I said I would have taken Percopio out earlier in that fifth inning I probably would have gone to uh, I, I would have gone to Procopio. Uh, honestly, after uh, Fierce State got on base because he starts the inning with back-to-back walks. But this is the part that makes it tough, right? Is after back-to-back walks start the inning, I say I would have taken him out. They left Procopio in. He strikes out the next two guys, and now you got two outs, and you got the nine hitter at the plate. I know Ethan Hunt's not a regular nine hitter. He's the best nine hitter in the league easily. Um. But, yeah, you go strikeout, strikeout. You can't take him out after back-to-back strikeouts like that, right? Obviously, he's throwing well now, and he's reeled it back in. And he's got Ethan Hunt to 0-2. And, unfortunately, he just didn't make a great 0-2 pitch. So, yeah, like, you can look at that and say, yeah, maybe he should have got taken out earlier. But, at the same time, you can't say it was a huge mistake because he struck out the next two guys. So you, you take him out um, earlier and those, that next pitcher doesn't make those strikeouts and maybe he gives up a couple of, you know, hard hit run or, you know, hard hit balls. And now and you're in the same spot. Anyway. Exactly. Um, yeah. The only person who I think probably would have taken him out there was John Schneider. I mean, yeah, Josh, nah, that's uh, we're not going to talk about the Jays on this podcast. Nah, I just like, I just like triggering you. Yeah, no, the the word John Schneider, I get uh no, then uh don't like that guy. Anyway. Um But no, I mean Toronto, uh, at the end of the day, what can you say other than uh, a lot of unanswered questions going into this offseason for sure. Um a lot of questions. I mean, I think every day some new questions will come up and ultimately I think it starts with the sale of the team, I think it's going to have an impact on everything um, that goes down and it'll have a trickle down effect, but yeah, I don't know. I just, they were fun to watch, fun to watch this season for sure. I'll give them that as somebody who, again, a new IBL watcher and, and partaker in the league. um, They were a lot of fun and shouts to all the Toronto guys for kind of taking us newbies, you know, under their wing. Um, I mean, even even now, look, our our homie Carter Smith, the official team photographer for the Maple Leafs. I mean, he started just going to games just as a as a fan who wanted to take some pics, and now he's homies with you know Salazzo and Alvarado and all the guys. I mean, it's uh, it's great to see. And and anyway, outstanding organization. Just shouts to you guys. Uh, shouts to Toronto. Um, thank you. For a good, great season. Um, any final thoughts before we send them yeah, off to I mean, pasture? I, hope, I guess, yeah. I, I, I know there's been there's been some rumors circulating and and 
with Toronto and who's going to come back and who's not going to come back and whatnot. And um, one of those names obviously is Justin Mara, uh, the catcher who's been a mainstay there uh, forever, but he's probably getting married next year. So who knows what the future holds for him? I just hope he comes back because um, he'll be the first one to tell you that he was not great in this postseason. He had a buck 58 um, was very underwhelming by his standards. And I just hope that this isn't the last we've seen of him um, from that standpoint as a guy who's been such an outstanding player in this league for so many years um, would hate for him to go out that way. Um, but either way, regardless of, of how things end for, for any of these guys, um, I know Castaldo's done after a great career. So they're losing their, their three hitter there, which is unfortunate, but yeah, I mean, like, again, it, it's it's it it sucks from that standpoint, right? Because like those guys have have been the the old guard, and it almost feels like, a, especially if Wellen's able to win this title, it almost feels like a bit of a passing of the torch from the 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 previous guys who kind of ran the league with the Justin Maras, the Castaldos, the the Salazos, to the new era um, with the Wellen Jackfish, and then obviously if they win the finals, they would be taking the torch from Barry who was the last great dynasty um, in the league. So, yeah, again, um, we're looking ahead to, to Well and Barry, but, yeah, we're gonna we're definitely going to miss the, uh, the the Toronto Maple Leafs, and, and we're going to miss the Bushmen, man. Uh, it's, that's, that's always the part that sucks, is when, when Toronto gets eliminated, the Bushmen aren't around anymore, and they're easily the most fun fans in the league, the most recognizable fans in the league, and um, that was their, uh, I was there in game four, and um yeah they're just uh they're just they're they're a great time up there so we're we're excited to see them back next year and it sounds like it sounds like Toronto and again I don't want to make it sound like there's any breaking news coming here because I don't know um but from conversations I had it sounds like the team will be staying at Christie Pitts at least for next year uh regardless of the new ownership and which means that we're gonna get the Bushman back up and on the hill and uh and in the bushes there. So yeah, uh, looking, uh, looking ahead to that, but uh, again, uh, every year that Toronto is not able to win, it is just, uh, is just another missed opportunity for guys who aren't getting any younger. And I hope they eventually do get it done. Unfortunately, it won't be this year. It's really unfortunate how many times different fans of Toronto sports teams have to say that those exact words, it's so unfortunate. And I don't just mean baseball. And I'm taking I'm just taking a sports sidetrack here for a moment, but golly. If it's not this Maple Leafs team, it's definitely the other one. Every year is a missed opportunity. The Blue Jays, we won't get you fired up about that, but they're hold just hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Sidebar. The Toronto Maple Leafs blowing the lead in a winner take all game. Where have I seen that one before? <laughs> oh my god that's so whack bro except I this time it was 5-1 oh my god i i don't think that makes it any better that's the welland jackfish should have changed their name to the welland bruins for game five and then they definitely i definitely would have picked them to win okay so you know somewhere down the line you've just inspired them to do a bruins themed jersey next year against a game in toronto and that would be absolutely crazy be electric but also i would cry because 
I'm a Leafs fan, so that would be PTSD intensifying. I'm neither a fan of the Bruins or the the Maple Leafs, so um, I'm indifferent. Uh, a team I am a fan of and turning into a fan of um, on a regular basis is obviously um, the Jayfish, but I'm going to put a hook in that one momentarily. And I want to talk to you quickly because we kind of ended on a bit of a sad and depressing note in our last segment about the Maple Leafs. What has been your favorite playoff moment so far? Um, I mean, going back to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a second, I will say that like personally as a pitcher, uh, Alvarado's performance in game four, um, it was just fun to watch. It's, it's fun to watch a pitcher dominate like that. Um, and when he starts feeling himself and he starts like screaming and, and throwing his hands in the air and all that stuff. Like, I love that stuff. I love, I love the emotion of the game. Um, I think that stuff's, uh, that stuff's a lot of fun. So that was, that was probably my favorite, um, my favorite moment again, game five, well in Toronto, I wasn't able to watch it cause I was at Jason Aldean. Um, I actually, fun fact, I actually watched the first like two innings on my phone cause it was in between acts. So I was just watching it on my phone on the lawn there. Um, but so I can't really speak on that. I know that's probably going to be the popular answer because it's, it's a winner take all game. Right. Um, but yeah, Alvarado's performance was, was incredible in that game four. Um, yeah, I'd have to say, I'd have to say that one. Also, again, Owen Boone going out there and shoving the way he did. And the fact that he almost won a series by himself was also incredible. Um, again, I don't have to go into my whole diatribe about why that was really stupid, but if you want to hear about that, just go listen to the last episode of the podcast. Yeah, subject of controversy, I was going to say, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that Owen Boone going out there and, again, single-handedly doing his thing, um, I don't know if we're allowed to say that given the controversy from last week's episode, but um, I definitely I definitely recommend, if you haven't, give it a listen, but um, putting that aside, what Boone did needs to be recognized because, I mean, the guy was outstanding he was an animal he, he almost won a series by himself um and so that was uh yeah that was just uh just an unbelievable performance but i'd say those two and again i'm a little biased i'm a, I'm a pitcher right so um but i'd have to say those two were the uh were the coolest moments for me yeah, I'm right up there with you, man. And like I said, I I'm I'm only sticking with one. I'm picking one, and if I'm gonna go with one, it's gotta be the uh the controversial pick, but the uh the Owen Boone pick. Um be you, careful, have a you don't want to say care, careful, you don't want to say anything libelous, okay? We wanna be we wanna be careful here. I don't even know what to say after that because I'm afraid maybe what I say would be, Oh golly. Um, what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to put in our, um, podcast, uh, poll, um, or question maybe, um, what, um, everyone's favorite moment has been. So listeners feel free to write in there. I think they show up on Spotify. I'm not sure how they show up on Apple. Um, and I know a while ago I teased the whole Amazon thing, and I'm still str- I'm struggling with that. It's it's it. We're we're getting there. I don't know what the issue is with like getting it up there and like linking everything. I, I'm usually good with that kind of stuff. 
I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to blow smoke. I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I promise. But let us know down, you know, in however you can, um, what your favorite moment has been of the IBL playoffs so far. Um, I think it's time to tease the finals. We've, we've reached the finals. This is it. And it all starts to go down tonight in a couple of hours. We've got the Welland Jackfish and the Barry Baycats in the finals. Now, if I'm not mistaken, friend of the show, Ryan Rio, came out and said, and I do believe we have receipts, that they're not scared. They've been there before. They've beat them before. And the jackfish are proving that, yeah, you might have beat us before, but this is a different team. And they seem like maybe they don't beat us this time. So I guess I'll throw it over to the expert, the expert being you. There's nobody else here but you and I. So the expert has to be you. And I'll use expert loosely, but... I'll continue to use the yeah, word. Yeah, especially after my last semifinals picks and the fact that I got both of those wrong. Yeah, the, the term expert I would use loosely. Well, then I'll just call you the other guy. We'll toss it over to the other guy. Sure. Where should fans put their money? Oh, man, if imagine you could bet on the IBL. But where where could fans... Sportsbook. Shout out uh, Aaron Korolnik. If you want to get in on a sportsbook opportunity, let us know. Um... For real, where should fans put their money? I mean, is this a is this a toss up series for you? Is there a strong number one and a strong you know and a solidified number two? I mean, I can't I can't pick. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to give a pick again, teasing the kiss of death. But you go first. You kiss of death first. <laughs> I mean, I I'll be I'll be honest with everybody. I haven't decided who I'm picking. Even up until this moment, like I'm still like going between the two, but I've had a gut feeling this entire time, and um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to that. But um, just Siri just picked me up, picked up me saying that, and for some reason suggested a song by Dean Lewis. I don't know how the two correlate, but anyway, do you know who um, Dean Lewis is? Huh? Do you know who Dean Lewis is? He's a singer. Okay, I was just making sure. Yeah, it's a, I, I just said it was a song by Dean Lewis. No, I know, but I thought maybe you were just like, I don't know who Dean Lewis is. You know, he's just like a random name. No, no, no. I know, I know a couple songs. I don't, I don't know. That's such name. a random name for Siri to suggest. I don't, I don't know why. I, I, what, did, what did I say that would have prompted Siri to think of? Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, we got sidetracked, but <laughs> there's got to be a Dean Lewis song that will predict this series, and we'll figure that out somewhere down the line. Um, get back anyway. on track to get you back on track. Who, what, where, when, why? This series has got it all. So uh, let's hear um, it. Where, where, what, what do we do? Yeah, I mean, again, you look at Barry, who seven championships. Last title came in 2019, which is not that long ago. They have players from that 2019 team. They have that experience. They know what it takes. Um, the Well and Jackfish. I don't believe anybody on that. I think they did have a guy on that roster who had won championships, Brett Lawson, who's no longer there. 
nobody on the well and jackfish roster has won an IBL championship before. Not one. So when you look at the experience factor, coming from very different places. Um I'm torn. I don't know who to pick because I picked against both of these teams and they've both given me so much shit for it that no matter who I pick, I lose because one of these teams is going to win, which means whoever I pick, there's a decent chance that they, that, that that's not the team that, that pulls it off. Right. I, so, that's usually how it works. When one team wins, the other one doesn't. I mean, you yeah, you know what? You, that's you, so crazy. Except in soccer. Um, uh, when nobody wins most of the time, but anyway, we'll talk. Let's let's stay on topic and talk about a real sport. Um, <laughs> I apologize if I offended any soccer fans. Anthony Russell, I know you're probably listening. Okay, I didn't mean it. Anyway, um, Mike Collins, I know you're listening, and he didn't mean it. Go Spurs. Um, yeah, when. When we look at these two teams, they're so similar in a lot of facets. Their lineups are both excellent. Their starting rotations are really good. Um, For me, the difference in this series comes down to the depth, um, and specifically pitching depth. Welland has it. Barry does not. Um, And I think that's really what it comes down to. When you look at Barry, they probably have five, five to six arms that they trust right now. And that would be Frank Garces, Juan Benitez, uh, Jeffrey Nunez, Brandon Hillier, uh, Brad Grievison, and Evan Sewells. When you look at Welland, they have a bevy of quality arms. They have four strong starters with uh, Harford, Guerrero, uh, Bradwell, and Abram. And then you look at their bullpen, uh, Brandon Underhill's given them good innings this season. Chris Boato's been a guy for them forever. Uh, Davey Mendez, what else needs to be said about him? Scott Gillespie. Like, they probably have, like, nine to ten arms that they can go to. Uh, Casey Howard's another guy. Like, they have nine to ten arms that they can go to. For me, in a seven-game series especially, that becomes even more crucial because you have more games – in a short period of time, and you're going to need more guys to contribute. You can't just go to the same guys for seven games. You can't just go to the same guys for for three straight or four straight games. Um, You're going to burn guys out. And for Barry, they're going to need their starters to go very deep into games, which, to their credit, last series they did. But Benitez pitched into the eighth. Uh, Nunez pitched into the seventh, I believe. Uh, Garces threw eight innings. So they need to keep doing that. Now, the X factor in this series, when it comes to the Barry side, is Frank Garces, is the best pitcher in the league. And if he continues to be that, and a guy who I don't believe has ever lost a playoff start in his IBL career, although I could be wrong about that. I'm going to fact check that while I speak here. Um, And notice how you said it. You said it, not me. So well, if he definitely that goes, has lost one this year. If I'll that goes that sour, though, that you said it, not me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah, sorry. He has he's lost one playoff game in his career. He lost one last year. Um, but again, last year's Frank Garces is not the Frank Garces that we're that we're used to seeing. Um, if he's able to shut down the Well and Jackfish. 
Barry's got a real good shot because he's probably going to start game. Well, he's definitely going to start game one. He's probably going to start game four. And then if there's a game seven, you got to go back to him. Right. Uh, so that's really what it comes down to. I think if Wellen's going to win this series, they have to do it in less than seven. And my prediction is that I think they will. Um, I, if you had told me before the semifinals that Barry and Welland were going to win their respective series, I would have picked Barry to win the series against Welland probably in six or seven games. Here's why I'm picking Welland. And I think Welland's going to do it in six. This Welland team is winning games and finding ways to win and overcoming adversity in ways that they just simply haven't done in throughout all of the regular season, going back to last year, just ways that this team flat out hasn't won games in the past. They're doing it now. They historically haven't been good playing from behind. They were down 5-1 in an elimination game. They won that game. Um, they had... They got shut down by a Toronto starter. They came back and were able to win the next one. Um, the one thing that concerns me is, again, the two games where Alvarado pitched, who was the ace of the Toronto Maple Leafs, they lost both of those games, which they're going to have to beat Garces once, I think, in order to win this series. Um but, and again, Barry's going to give me a lot of shit for this because I'm picking against them again. Uh, and this goes back to the whole average thing. And Ryan Rio texted me after, actually, he texted me after the uh, the Kishner Panthers series. And he said, Panthers in five, LOL, or something to that extent. And I told him, I was like, yeah, dude, but like at this point, like, I, I just can't pick you guys because like I've been picking at you all year. Like, what, I'm going to go back on my takes? Um but I think Barry's a very deserving finalist. I think that whoever wins this series, I, if, if you told me right now Barry wins the series in five, six, seven games, I'd say, yeah, okay, I could see that. You tell me the same thing for Wellington, yeah, I could see. The only thing that would shock me is if it was a sweep either way. Um, but when you look at going down the stretch last year or at the end of this season, Barry and Welland played each other twice in the last couple weeks of the season. And Barry's pitching depth let them down. Um, Welland was able to take advantage of that. Welland does a really good job of hitting pitching that isn't elite. And unfortunately, when you look at Barry's bullpen arms, their bullpen arms aren't elite arms. Um, Evan Sewell's is really good, but he's really good sometimes. You don't know what you're getting from him on a day-in, day-out basis, right? When he's really good, he's excellent. When he's not, he's not. Um so it's uh it's it's an interesting series again like up until five minutes ago i didn't know who i was picking in in this series um but this entire time i've been like i've I've had a voice in my head saying well and in six well and in six well and in six so i'm gonna go with well and in six i think the jackfish win their first uh their first ibl championship they've been the best team in the league wire to wire um and yeah i think uh i think they find a way to get it done let's see you well, you said you had voices inside your head. That's a Randy Orton reference to tie it all back into WWE. I thought you'd pick up on that. I 
fun fact, unfortunately, you cannot attend because you will be producing a show. Um, but watch out, Jackfish fans. Andrew's coming. I will be in attendance at game three. So, yeah, um, I'm probably going to want to talk to just people and just like see what the vibes are like in Welland and um, it's going to be a good time. So uh, I'm excited. I, I'm sorry you can't come. I, I really I really wanted to uh, lose that uh, IBL Welland uh, V card, if you will, uh, with you. Uh, you were my first choice, but unfortunately, um, I got to ride solo on this one. So it's going to be a fun time. I'm excited. And as far as who am I going to pick, I mean, that's, uh, that's uh, my kiss of death. It's probably the Jackfish, man. They've just proven us time and time again that they have all the pieces to get it done. And that's not to say, like you said, that Barry's not a deserving finalist. They have an outstanding squad. They are, they're, they've got people who are leading in all sorts of categories this postseason. I mean, really, like the Baycats, they're, they're making this postseason their own, they're dominating. And it's it's been fun to watch. They're an incredible team to watch. I just feel like it would be silly to pick against. I just feel silly picking against the Jackfish, especially after what we saw in in the semis. And hey, maybe maybe the semis tired them all out, and that extra rest for Barry is what they need. But I I have to I have to be that boring podcast guy and I have to agree with you. And I know we don't like necessarily agreeing because then there's no conflict, but I, I have to agree. Um so congratulations, Barry, on your uh, on your eighth IBL championship. Both of us picked Wellen, which means we are both gonna be wrong. Yikes. Yeah, if that's the case, no I mean chance now. that's tough. And if if that is the case, I I don't know. Let us let us come to your parade. We, well, we deserve... we'll just have we'll just have Ryan Rio and Josh Matlow on the podcast to laugh at me for roughly forty five straight minutes. That's fine. It's a nice change from you just like talking for forty five straight minutes. So that's good. It'll probably be the quietest episode in the history of the Insider Cali podcast. It would be. Um, yeah. So okay, we've both picked Welland. That's it. That's it. That's all. You want to lock that in? Did you say how many games? I said six. Oh, dude, I have to give a games too. Yeah. Yeah, what what are we doing here? Five. Five. Yeah. What game does Barry take? The game that I go to, just to rub it in my face. Game three. You think Barry wins game three? Yeah. yeah I have Barry. I have Barry winning game one, and then I think Barry's gonna win game four, and then Wellen's gonna take two, three, five, and six. That's my prediction. That is a very in-depth prediction, and I respect you for that. I'm just going to stick with my two. Well, if Barry ones. wants to win the series, they have to win tonight. Um, again, they're fully rested. Welland probably won't have the services of Davy Mendez, maybe for an inning, but definitely not longer than that. Uh, Bradwell has been their best arm. Isn't going to go game one. Probably won't go game two either. Um, you're probably going to see a battle of the Dominicans with Garces versus Guerrero, which Guerrero is also very good, but. Um, if Barry wants to win the series, they cannot go down one nothing, especially when they have Garces on the mound. So that's why I'm picking Barry to win tonight. I I think they have to. 
um, to give themselves a shot. But it should be fascinating. I wouldn't be, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised, not to cop out or anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if this goes either way. No, it's going to be a fun series. And I know fans are excited for this one. I'm excited for this one. And I think it's just time to dive into it. Uh, this is it. This is it. This is the the final countdown, if you will, which is um, which is exactly what we are going to uh, close out today's episode with. Of course, if you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you give us a follow at Inside IBL Pod on Twitter, and then of course you can find our personal handles there as well. Chris, any final thoughts? No, I mean, if you're a fan of the IBL, find a way to get to one of these games. Um, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a good time. Obviously, two very different areas. You're looking at Welland versus Barry. It's almost as far away from each other as you can get in the league. The only way you get farther is if you had London Barry. But um, yeah, try to get out to one of these games. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting, interesting series. Um, can Barry continue their their run of dominance over the last? decade or so that they've had minus a couple of years off or does Welland get over the hump and win that first title? We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be entertaining either way. And boy, we are both fired up for it on behalf of myself, Andrew Stewart. That is Chris Lazar and folks, I guess our next episode, if it's not a mid round episode, depending on how many games they go, we will be talking about an IBL champion, potentially, on next episode. So, a lot of exciting stuff happening, and we are looking forward to it all. Once again, thank you so much for listening. We will catch you on the next episode of Inside Inner County. Ciao for now.